Okay, so, hey, hello, it's Becca. I am back. Um, I don't know how long this episode is going to be. It might be like a shorter one. Because I probably shouldn't talk for 40 minutes straight. Because I have chronic sore throat, like you all know, if you know me. But I wanted to record a little something because I made promises that I didn't keep. And I figured I would try to <laughs> make amends with all of you. Who listen in or listen to the last episode and follow me on Twitter because I made a tweet like I'm gonna record an episode today and I didn't whatever that day was I did not do it so I'm doing it now um but my throat's really bothering me so this episode's not gonna be like crazy long but I did want to do a new episode because I want to work on this podcast more it's just hard when you have like <laughs> a chronic sore throat because the key in doing a podcast is talking and sometimes I can't do that sometimes meaning like after like a certain amount of talking during the day I have to like stop and sometimes I don't set that boundary for myself and there are also situations where the people in my life don't understand that boundary and expect me to socialize when I physically verbally cannot um And this isn't me, like, adding anybody or talking shit or anything because I know that my family and friends listen to this podcast. This is not me trying to talk shit. It it just is a fact, at least to me, that people do expect me to just be able to talk whenever. But um, I don't think people really are listening to what I'm saying sometimes when I talk about my symptoms and my issues because every time I say that I can't do something sometimes I will like not every time sometimes I will see people like getting frustrated or asking why when they I have said the same answer the same reason over and over and over and this is what this episode's actually going to be about it's going to be about my chronic stuff and all of that so that if someone asks me why I can't do something I'm just going to send them this freaking podcast episode listen to this you can listen to it over and over and over until you understand it's literally coming from the horse's mouth. I don't even... Is that the saying? Um, but yeah. I am the horse. Um, I did make a podcast episode cr- called Chronic Pain Blues where I was talking about my chronic pain a bit. I don't remember when I said that episode. Did I, I don't even remember if I deleted it or not. But if it's still around, you can listen to that too. That gives a little bit of a backstory. But... I have really been struggling with coming to terms with my situation and I think part of it is because there are people in my life who also aren't understanding like who aren't understanding why I can't do something or get mad at me and stuff and I'm not saying this to be a jerk or call people out that's why I'm not using any names but it has happened and it's important to talk about because it's happening to other people and it's not okay and I want my voice to mean something and to matter in this topic because you know I am an expert because I have experience with it you know um I have experience in this topic as someone who is going through it like a physical disability situation um And not to say that I'm not supported. I am supported, but, and I'm 
sure even the people who support me can agree they they will never be able to fully understand what I'm going through because they're not going through it you know like unless like you mean someone else has a similar like mental illness then we can kind of like relate more but a lot of pe- a lot of the people in my life don't have these physical limitations some do but others do not and it's very evident in some ways as to who can understand and who is having a harder time and it's okay to have a hard time not understanding something we've all been there i've been there you've been there we've all of us you know but i think it's important to talk about because i want not not necessarily for people just to fully understand me personally i just want people to understand in general so that it doesn't keep happening to more people because it can be very isolating and upsetting when you have to constantly re-explain the same thing over and over and over to people. And even once I was explaining like a reason why I couldn't do something to my mom and she was like, you don't have to explain it. Like I understand. And I was, and I literally did say to her, I'm like, I'm so used to having to explain myself all the time. And like hearing someone say, you don't have to explain yourself. Because I'm so used to having to over-explain every aspect of my life in general, but also just with my physical issues. And also, I um, have this thing in my brain that just needs me to over-explain. Like, chronic over-explaining to people because I just need them to get it. Like, my brain is like, you have to say this much so that they will understand. And even if I say a lot, people still may not understand. So it's like I'm wasting my energy <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I got COVID last year, January 2022, well, technically the end of December and into January. Um, and then in February, my chronic pain started. Like, I had chronic pain before COVID, chronic headaches, which were the worst, and my chronic sore throat because of GERD and my GERD issues and all those symptoms that come along with it. I had the body aches for a couple of years before COVID, but they weren't severe. They weren't disabling. They barely, like, I I knew they were there. I knew that it was a little achy, but it wasn't, like, it didn't hinder my day, you know? Um, I had brain fog. My brain fog issues really started, like, sophomore year of college, but that could also be because of mental illness. You never freaking know. But... In the end of April into May is when everything really started going downhill and I had to quit my job. I was a busser at a restaurant. If you know me, you know where I worked. You know how hard that was for me to even leave because I need to make money. We're in a capitalistic society. You have to make money to survive. Luckily, I am still living at home. And, you know, some people judge young adults who are still living at home. But, like, I am, if I was not living at home, I would not, I would be unhoused. Like, I would not have anywhere to go. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I am grateful for that. I'm grateful that I don't have to pay rent. And I'm very grateful that my mom is paying for my groceries and stuff. Like, that is something I am very grateful for. And I always say thank you to her. Because that's important. Um, it's been hard because... I 
feel this pressure to work but people I don't think are fully understanding why I don't work and so I am going to break it down why I am scared to work first reason physically I cannot work in any job where I have to stand for long periods of time I cannot that's literally why I quit my last job because I couldn't do it physically Number two, my flare-ups can happen at any time. Whether it's a GERD flare-up, or it's a chronic pain flare-up, or it's a chronic headache situation, they can flare-up at any time. And if the pain is enough, is overwhelming enough, I cannot focus. I cannot do anything. I get overstimulated. I'm overstimulated. If you've ever been overstimulated, you know that like you can't freaking function it feels like i can't function as a human being okay so they get overstimulated i'm not gonna be able to work because of my pain you know what i mean and i've been noticing though lately like my pain i've been having really bad flare-ups in the morning or whenever i wake up (laughs) like every single morning (laughs) and yeah so it's but i also can get flare-ups at night in the afternoon it doesn't matter like what time but I've been noticing like some of my most severe flare-ups have been happening when I am laying down rested because I don't actually rest because I get up constantly during the night like I I have sleeping problems I have insomnia and potentially have OCD on top of it and that is a part of it too with my sleep sleeping problems And it's, that's also a factor. I never feel well rested. I never feel like I have the energy to do a lot. Um, Like scrolling on my phone doesn't take that much energy. I can do that. Like watching TV doesn't take that much energy. Doing my laundry takes so much energy. Like I will be like struggling to take my laundry basket down every week and bringing it back up. It like, I have to do my laundry because it's been, it's, gotten to the point where like no clothes are gonna fit in that freaking basket anymore so I have to and I'm really not looking forward to bringing that basket down when I'm done here I'm not looking forward to it but yeah so like the the, those are the two main reasons why I am scared to work but there's a third reason and the third reason is I am scared to find some form of work that doesn't have health insurance and then I lose my health insurance that I have because I might be making too much I cannot lose this health insurance. Losing my health insurance, because I lost my health insurance in February of last year, and then I got state health insurance um, in September. Losing my health insurance was traumatizing for me. It was traumatizing. I need health insurance. I cannot afford to go without it, especially right now with trying to figure out what the heck is going on with my body and to try to find treatment. I can't. Like, I can't afford to. Like, I literally cannot. (laughs) I mean, it was really hard. Like, and what's been happening to my body in general has been so traumatizing. My brain feels different. Like, my mental health feels... Like, I've been mentally ill for a very long time. But it feels even... With the physical health problems stacked on top, it's so overwhelming to function. And I don't think people fully understand that. Like, I feel lazy but I don't want to be, but like, 
Like, when I say that I can't do something, I'm not trying to be unreasonable. It's because I can't do it. Like, physically or mentally cannot do it. And I think, especially with, like, me still trying to come to terms with what's been going on with me and trying to get, like, I'm still not fully used to it. I think that's the same thing for the people in my life. I think everyone, including myself, was used to me being able to do things. You know? Being able to run around and physically do things all the time and not get drained and not be in pain and, you know, not get overstimulated, all this stuff. But, like, I'm not that person anymore right now. And I don't know who needs to hear it, whether it's me or someone else in my life, but I am not that person right now. And... I have limit I have a lot of limitations now. And I think that's something that a lot of people, including myself, still need to come to terms with. I've been getting better with it. Not forcing myself to do things when I know I can't do it, setting boundaries and that sort of thing. But it's still hard because I know that people are frustrated. Or at least I feel that people are frustrated. And It's not just me giving excuses just so I don't have to do something. It's because I physically can't do it. And I think that's something that people, just in general, in the world, don't understand when it comes to these sort of things. Because people saw me being healthy and not needing mobility aid and all this stuff before. And now, all of a sudden, seeing me this way is, like, newer. It's still, to me, it still seems new for people. People are getting better. Like, my sister the other day... um, Maybe it was yesterday. No, I don't remember. It was, a f- it was a day, and my sister, she, um, well, it was yesterday. Um, it was her and then two other people, and they were walking ahead of me, and she stopped, and she said, "Guys, stop! Like, we're walking too far ahead. Becca doesn't like when everyone just leaves her behind." And. That was really important to he- for someone else to say instead of me having to say it. Because sometimes I will say, guys, you're walking too fast to people. Because I can't walk that fast anymore. I used to be able to speed walk. I am a gay person. I used to be able to speed walk. Because I wanted to get to where I was going in the shortest amount of time. Especially in the freaking winter when I was a college student. But, like, it was important to hear that and to hear someone else advocating for me too. Like, you should always be able to advocate for yourself if you are able to. Like, that is the most important thing. But hearing someone else, like, supporting me is important, you know? And, like, I have certain things where I feel like people see that them as, like, nuisances or me just trying to be controlling when in reality it's not. Like, the walking ahead. There's another one where I really despise... When people talk to me in the morning when it's not needed. Like, if it's important, if it's an emergency, like, it cannot wait. That's different. But when it's just, like, people trying to randomly talk to me, I really don't like it. And the reason is because I have a chronic sore throat. And almost every morning, my throat is really sore because of the acid coming up into my mouth. Number one. Number two, I'm usually in a lot of pain when I first wake up. And I don't really, I haven't really explained that to people because I'm kind of just like hoping that people will just respect that I don't like talking in the morning and I don't have to explain that. But if you're listening to this episode and you ever are in a situation where 
I am around you and I'm awake, just leave me be. Because I'm probably in a lot of freaking pain and I'm probably not in the freaking mood. It's not just me not being a morning person. It's I'm in a lot of effing pain. And that's overstimulating. And so people talking to me when I'm just trying to make my breakfast and take a shower, like just trying to like wake up because it takes me so long to feel to wake up. And sometimes I don't feel like I fully wake up because I'm tired all the time, you know? So it's like, it's not me trying to be a bitch or an asshole. It's a necessary boundary for my self, you know? Um, but I was losing my train of thought this is what happens when you don't have an agenda or anything to follow i was diagnosed with fibromyalgia a couple months ago and long covid because i got covid and then all this and then shit hit the fan um what was i gonna say shit hit the fan and what was i gonna say after that my brain just that's been happening a lot recently where my brain has like I lose my train of thought a lot and I forget things a lot more. Like my memory is like shot. It's shot. Um, I have carpal, I was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. I have carpal tunnel in both, both, both wrists, both of them. I still have the chronic sore throat. I've had that for two plus years now. Um, it'll be three years at the end of October of this year. Yay. Like, right now, my throat's killing me. Like, it's killing me from talking for this long straight. So I'm probably gonna drink some throat coat tea um, before dinner. And isolate myself from my family for the rest of the night, even though I barely saw anyone today. <laughs> um, I am on medication, but it hasn't been working so far. Um, I am in a support group for long COVID, which is nice. Um, but I am, like, the only, I think I'm the only young adult in said support group. I'm not going to say much about it because, you know, confidentiality. I I will always honor that. So I'm not going to talk about anyone in the group or anything. I'll just talk about myself. I think I am the only young adult in my group. <laughs> um, but that's okay. But, and I think what, in general, people, like, I remember, okay, so I saw someone the other day and they, I guess, didn't know that I have a mobility aid and they saw my cane. They're like, why do you have a cane? You're so young. And that's interesting because what I've, the because I have been really getting more involved in the disabled community, especially on TikTok. So many young people are chronically ill, are disabled, have chronic pain issues, all of these things. And a lot like people don't know they just don't know and they clearly are unaware of how covid can be disabling if you have if you end up getting long covid or some sort of complication post covid and it's really interesting to having to explain that to people but i didn't really explain it that much to him i was like oh i have chronic pain it was like a simple little oh i have chronic pain if he listens to this <laughs> this is in no way shade towards you I will say, though, normally, like, if a random person would have asked me, why do you have a mobility aid, I would be offended. But since it's someone I somewhat knew, I wasn't offended by it. I will answer those questions. But, like, I will say, 
if you see some, like, if you have a loved one with a mobility aid and you don't know about their situation and you want to ask, some people will think that that's very rude to just be like, why do you have a mobility aid? Like, what's wrong with you? It's the way, and especially the way you ask it, like, be like, hey, like, I was just really curious. You don't have to answer because it's none of my business, but I was wondering why you have a mobility aid. Like, be respectful when you ask questions like that because I've had situations where people weren't, it's just the way that they asked the question. It wasn't very respectful, but people don't always mean to be disrespectful. People are just curious and quite frankly, nosy. (laughs) I'm nosy too. It's okay. But I've just been learning a lot about like mobility aids and like what is and what isn't okay. And like, I've noticed whenever I have my freaking mobility aid, you know who stares at me the most? Older people. Like not middle-aged people, like older people. I remember I was hobbling on my cane and this older gentleman was sitting outside eating and he looked at, he stared me down. I have like a pink cane with freaking stickers all over it. Some of the stickers are starting to peel off or they're leaking like the ink and I had to put tape on it and it's, the tape is all black and it's all like, it's a hot mess of a cane. I honestly need to get another one, like a black one to use for like special occasions and like in the snow and stuff. But like he stared me down. Like, but I will say cars normally are very respectful when they see a pedestrian aka me with the cane they are very respectful so i am grateful for that but like i don't always like when people touch my cane without asking is but also because i have issues with germs i don't like germs and i don't want random people just touching my cane like the other day the doctor touched my cane so she could move it because she had to get to something That's different. Like, it bothered me a little bit, but, like, she had to get to something. So, like, she had to move it. So, you know. But there were situations where, like, even, like, I've had a situation where, you know, kids would touch my cane. And I don't get angry with them because, you know, they're children. So I would just say, hey, just so you know, you shouldn't shouldn't touch that without asking. Just to teach them now so that they don't do it to say, like, a stranger, you know, I, you know, is that sort of thing. So, um, asking if you can touch mobility aid and also consider like, if you're curious as to why someone has mobility aid, nine times out of 10, it's none of your fucking business. Like, I'm going to say it that way because it's the only way I can say it. it is none of your business. It, why someone has mobility, aid. you can be curious but no one is obligated to answer your question. Like, you know, like people do not have to answer your question because, you know, online, especially people are like that. Like, I've seen people comment on other people. So be like, what's wrong with you? That's none of your business. What disabilities do you have? Some people don't want to answer that. And like with, like I've been learning about service dogs and stuff. And some people be like, be like asking very invasive questions about service dogs in public. Cause I've watched like, the service dog users who bring their dogs in public, I highly recommend fo- like following disabled creators because you will learn a lot. I learned, I've been learning so much and just seeing how people treat service dogs in public is outrageous to me. 
quite frankly, and I'm not going to speak on it really. I can't really, because I don't have a service dog. I'm not a service dog user. You should follow service dog users. And I don't know any on the top of my head. You can easily find some if you search it on TikTok. Um, following disabled creators is what helped me understand disability more and disability issues in the disability community. But like, and I will say this, if you are not disabled, like physically, if say you're mentally disabled, but you're not physically disabled, you are still part of the disability community. And I do think that it's important to learn about the issues that don't impact us as much or at all. I think it's important to know because you should want to be an ally to the people around you. Um, You know, like, for example, instead of me trying to educate every single person in my life about fibromyalgia, maybe they could take initiative and look up about fibromyalgia themselves. You know, just an example. Because people are going to get tired of saying the same things and, and like answering the same questions over and over. It gets irritating. And I guess for me, it's more like frustrating because it makes me feel like people aren't listening to what I'm saying. Because like, for example, and I'm not, this is not me being a hater. Someone will be like, hey, Becca, like sing with me. Cause I used to sing all the time, but I have chronic sore throat now. So it's harder for me to sing all the time. And I'll say, I can't right now. My throat really hurts. People might get disappointed or they'll say, or I can say, I can be like, why? And I'll say, my throat hurts. I have a chronic sore throat. Just an example. Um, people seem to forget that I have these problems, like these physical problems, these like physical limitations, because I think everyone in my life is still very much used to me having just like my mental health problems and not my physical health problems. And that's valid. It's, but If it's difficult for other people with my stuff, now think about this. Imagine how difficult it must be for the person experiencing it. And this goes for anything. You know what I mean? Like imagine how it feels for the person who's actually experiencing it. Like if me not being able to walk fast is an inconvenience for other people who can. Imagine how I am feeling. The one who has to go through it. You know, and that's something I've been really thinking about in terms of like anything when it comes to like trauma or other mental illnesses, like imagine how the person who's going through it feels, you know what I mean? Like not having control over something, having to deal with your, the symptoms, like Yes, other people around me might have to deal with my symptoms, but I am the one going through them. And I understand that my issues may impact other people in some ways, but they will always impact me the most because I am the one going through it. Does that make sense? It should. (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to be kind of blunt. It should make sense. It makes sense to me. I said I wasn't going to talk that long and I'm already already been talking for 30 minutes straight. My throat's starting to really bother me. Like, I really wanted to talk about disability and, like, more of my chronic pain and stuff and really go into it. But, like, my throat's starting to really kill me and it's telling me to stop. So, I need to listen to my body. So, I will do, like, another episode maybe and I'll, I kind of want to go more into, like, about my actual symptoms and, like, what I'm going through. 
my, my throat is telling me to stop. It's killing me. I don't even know, like, what I'm going to title this episode. I had a good title the other day, and it, it totally, like, left my brain. So, I don't even know I'm going to post this. I'm recording this on, like, January, was it the 8th? January 8th. Just so people have context, as I was saying yesterday and the day before. So, you have some idea. It's a Sunday currently. Um, it's a Sunday. It's freezing and I hear the wind. I don't know the high or the low today. I didn't check. I just know it's cold. Um, but yeah. Um, I guess the biggest takeaway from this, for anyone who's listening to this, whether you're physically in my life, virtually in my life, or you're not in my life at all and you're just a listener, you somehow stumbled upon this podcast or maybe one of my friends told you to listen to it you just stumbled across it and you're here listening my biggest takeaway is understand that if someone says if someone who is disabled says they can't do something then they can't do it and asking why or like you know projecting onto them or giving them a really hard time about it like that's not helpful I'm so I'm dead serious that shit is not helpful it it makes things worse um another takeaway into being a better ally even like for the people who are in my life a better way to be an ally for me is to respect the boundaries that I have to have due to my situation and you know respect that's more for me like respecting the boundaries that I have um but for ev- like just any disabled person like familiarizing yourself with the disability issues that are going on like everyone's talking about marriage equality just people people on disability don't have marriage equality and if you're listening to that and you're shocked and you want me to say more, go look it up. I want you to go do that research and learn because it's freaking ridiculous. Okay, so go look it up, learn about it, and you can message me about be like, Becca, oh my god, I didn't even know about this. This is crazy. This is why we need to be educating ourselves on things. If you want to be an ally for someone, you got to do some work. You got to, like, a little bit at least. Like, you got to learn something. Like, for the people in my life who want to be an ally to me and want to try to understand, you're going to have to, like, do a little bit of work. Um, but it's, like, the bare minimum, in my opinion. Because if you get frustrated with me because of my fibromyalgia symptoms impacting something, you're allowed to be frustrated. But if you're not understanding why they're impacting me, then that's something you should research. How does fibromyalgia impact X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, And like understanding why I am the way I am about COVID because people are dying. People are getting disabled because of COVID. And I am walking proof that COVID can mess you up. And I, there are other people who have it 10 times worse than I do. So keep that in perspective, I guess, you know, um, I am grateful that I have people who love me and support me 
and I am grateful that I have people who ask questions and want to learn. But I also hope that people understand you need to be mindful sometimes with how you say things to disabled people. Like, and you, like, I don't care if my mom touches my cane because she's my mom. And most of the time my cane is laying, like sitting somewhere in her way. And so she moves it or she trips over and she like <laughs> aggressively moves. That's different. Like she's a, like she's every, <laughs> I believe she has every right to do this. Some people might disagree, but I, she has every right. I'm fine with her touching it and messing around with my cane. And I don't mind if people look at the stickers on my cane or ask to see, but like ask to see it before touching people's mobility aids. Is that usually a good rule of thumb? Like some people have different boundaries or more relaxed boundaries or whatever. They're more relaxed about it. It just depends on the situation. I don't like, I don't like when kids touch my cane. (laughs) I know I got a lot of fun stickers on it. So they want to see, just ask to see. But like, if you just, they just touch it. I'm like, oh, don't just touch it with your snotty hands. Now I have to disinfect the entire cane. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so much more I could go into, but my throat, like I've been saying for the past five minutes, I'm through screaming. So I'm going to end it here. Um, I think that if you listened to this episode and you've it piqued your interest or even made you a little mad or made you a little uncomfortable I think that's a good thing not mad in that like oh you're not disabled that's different that's ableism I mean mad more like huh like what the hell like what what is she talking about that's important that type of curiosity is important because hopefully after you listen to this you will do some research on your own you know And I hope you do, because I've been learning a lot about disabilities that I have zero correlation with, and I think it's important too, because you never know who in your life is disabled or could become disabled, and not just physically, but mentally too, and I think that's important. Like, you never know when you could become disabled. Like, think about that. You may not be able-bodied forever. And that's not me speaking negativity onto anyone's life. That's just a fact. That is a fact. You don't know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I guess this was like... Disability Allyship 101. (laughs) at least a little bit of course I am one voice so don't just listen to me and take all of this as like truth 100% truth 100% fact or whatever listen to other disabled people you know listen to disabled people of color um listen to people like disabled people from all different backgrounds, not just a white cis lesbian. Because that's just one perspective. That's just one experience. You're only hearing my experience. It's important to listen to other people's experiences too and to amplify those voices and learn from them. And, you know, 
engage with their content is really important. And I'm sure a lot of people know that already, but I wanted to like make that make this known. Like, yes, I made I've just said, oh, this is like disability this is like disability allyship or one on one. It is and it isn't. It's like it, this isn't even the beginner's course. This was like the introduction. This is like an introduction. <laughs> but it was kind of more me, my personal experiences too. But I hope you still learned something or got something from it. And if you didn't, it's fine too. I need to get off the floor. My throat's really freaking killing me. So I'm going to go. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry that it took so long for me to record another episode. But yeah, thank you. And I am grateful for anyone who listens and everyone who shares my podcast with people. Um, If you enjoy this, wherever you're listening to this on, give it a good rating. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with people you like. Don't share it with people you don't like because I don't don't want haters on here. You know what I mean? But yeah, Um, thank you very much. And on Spotify, sometimes it has like a QA and a thing. If you scroll down, if you want to answer, you can. I don't know if I'm going to put one on this one or not, but if there is one, answer and give my podcast a rating because that helps the podcast out a lot for more people to see it. And who knows, maybe my voice will, even my voice reaches one person, especially with this episode. Like if I reach one person, then that's cool. That's gnarly, man. So thank you and have a great day morning, afternoon, night, month, year, all that. This is the first episode of the year and I plan to do many more. So at least once a month for this podcast, for this one, I would like to try to do at least one episode a month for this. So possibly more, you never know. Cause I do want to, me and my sister's um, girlfriend want to do an episode together where we talk about like mental illness, lesbianism and death notes specifically. Um, they're, it hearing those words they don't correlate but mental illness and death note have more correlation than you think <laughs> I do want to have a My Hero Academia podcast but I want someone to co-host with so I need to try to find someone who might want to do that because I think that'd be really fun because I don't want to do just an anime podcast because I'm still like newer to the anime world so I haven't seen a lot of things <laughs> but yeah anyways okay I said I was going to go and I still have it so I'm going to go thank you so much for listening and I hope, <laughs> I hope I, I, I can't see you, but hope I see you next time. I hope you stick around. So yeah, that's it. Bye.